The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. And on to the Africa Business Report. Neville Mandimika is the Africa strategist at Rand Merchant Bank. In South Africa, uh, among many, many countries around the world at the moment, Neville, that is seeing a huge inflow of capital. There was money flooding into shares and then it left shares but went into the bond market. And we're seeing um, being very, very supportive of a, a lot of South African data right now. Yeah, good evening, Bruce. Yeah, so we are seeing uh, quite a large number of inflows into uh, into emerging markets, bonds, and equities. Uh, but uh, it's, it's obviously testimony of uh, of what we're seeing in terms of the global environment, where you know they search for yield uh, across the continent. But um, you know the money hasn't been flowing uniformly across the continent, uh, which makes for uh, very interesting times uh, as a strategist, Bruce. Um, okay, I mean, your main concern is here's Africa's biggest economy. It's Nigeria. Um, it, you're, you're concerned that they're missing out. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's, a very, there's very little uh, influence of capital going into uh, Nigeria fixed income. Um, some of the conversations that we're having with uh, global fund managers, they're basically keeping their powder dry for conditions to normalize. So uh, for context, uh, as I mentioned, $53 billion into emerging markets, but very little of that has gone into Nigeria for three specific reasons. Number one, they're looking for the Naira to adjust uh, upwards. As you may uh, imagine, you know, with low oil prices that we saw in 2020, one would have expected that Naira would have weakened quite significantly, but that wasn't the case. So that didn't offer a attractive entry point into Nigeria fixed income uh, assets. So I think investors are still looking for that FX adjustment. And also the yields are very, very low. So again, for context, yields of the 10-year bond um, is trading at about 10.6% in context of inflation, that is over 16.5%. So very negative real yield there. So I think they're waiting for adjustments in nominal yields for them to to get into into the Nigeria space. Yeah, I mean, Nigeria should also, I suppose, be a beneficiary of oil persists at current levels. We've got oil at, what, $63 a barrel. Nigeria, a very big uh, producer of African oil. Um, is, is that providing something of a silver lining or perhaps a bit too early to tell? Well, it's one of the many conditions that investors are looking for, right? So if oil prices rise, then I guess the the level of the devaluation in the Naira may not necessarily be that large. But I think nonetheless, they're still looking for that FX adjustment. So just running a sort of survey that we've, uh, that we've done over the last couple of uh, uh, days and weeks, uh, investors seem to be calling for the Naira to move uh, to anywhere between 410 Naira to the dollar, um, anywhere between 410 to about 415. And right now it's trading just uh, above 400. So you still need to make uh, minor adjustments to to the currency before uh, they are enticed back into uh, Nigeria fixed income assets. Yeah, I mean, in Nigeria, there was another big story toward the end of last week, and I'm wondering just how mm. significant it is. And that is the right of people in the Niger Delta to sue Royal Dutch Shell in British courts over pollution. It was a story that broke, I think, on Friday last week, and it seems massively significant. Is it, in your view? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly. I think, uh, you know, this has been a uh, an ongoing issue for, for quite a while now, uh, where obviously international oil companies will come through. Uh, but, you know, it does seem to sometimes create tensions between the state and some of these oil companies. So I think, you know, if, if that gets settled amicably, uh, then it obviously opens up the, the door for further investments into uh, into the oil industry. I mean, as you can imagine, you know, there's still quite a sizable amount of oil reserves that are, are still untapped, uh, at least on a, on a commercial level. 
Uh, so, of course, clearing of all of these things uh, in addition to the petroleum industry bill, which is something that still needs to be passed. If that happens, then I think we see a lot more capacity for an increase in terms of oil production. So, again, for context, uh, Nigeria does about 1.9 million barrels a day uh, in terms of production, and there's significant capacity for them to actually improve that. And, of course, this is one of many steps that need to be fulfilled. Uh, I'm curious as to why you don't see the current surge that we're seeing in oil prices as inflationary. We've uh, seen the Automobile Association, certainly from a South African perspective, this is one of the issues we are most paranoid about is our petrol price. Um, We saw a massive decrease this time last year, of course, as global demand for oil collapsed. And at one stage, global oil prices went negative. You had to pay to store your oil in the United States for a while. Um, and, And then there were recoveries in oil prices. And now we're seeing oil north of $60 a barrel once again, and it's causing us to see some fairly chunky price increases in every litre of either diesel, petrol, or, or paraffin that we're buying at the moment. Yeah, Bruce, I need to fill up my, uh, my car before the weekend. Uh, but I think we, where we are at the moment in terms of the, the inflationary side is that we have to appreciate the context. Um, you know, we've seen a complete erosion in terms of aggregate demand in, uh, in 2020. So as you can imagine, with industries shutting down and various levels of restrictions, etc., um, capacity in terms of aggregate demand was significantly reduced. So as a result, yes, oil is offering some uh, uh, tailwind in terms of inflation, but it's not going to be that significant uh, because aggregate demand is not there to begin with. So, yes, as we go through, you know, in 2021 and demand starts coming through and things start to normalize, an increase in oil prices would have direct impact in terms of uh, uh, pump prices and, by extension, the transport component of the CPA basket. But right now, you know, not a lot of central banks are too worried that oil is sitting at uh, at 60 because of uh, of aggregate demand that is uh, generally still low uh, at this juncture. So we are likely going to see... Uh, you know, inflation breaching the, the upper end of the various inflation targets uh, across the, the African spectrum. But is this something of a lifeline for the likes of Nigeria, for the likes of Angola and other oil producers across our continent? Oh, yes, certainly. I think, you know, if we, if we look at the, the likes of Ghana, for example, uh, that is just uh, early in its journey in terms of producing oil, that is certainly a good thing, you know, particularly for, for their currencies as well. So one can discount, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, export earnings are going to be uh, increasing quite sharply. Uh, but I think we, we, we have to sort of nuance that in each and every single market because it means very different things to very different countries. So, for example, uh, in Kenya, that is predominantly an oil importer. You know, then, you know, one has to be uh, cognizant in terms of the impact that is going to have on balance of payments and, you know, in terms of trade and current accounts, etc., uh, whereas in the case of Nigeria, you know, we see uh, we see an improvement in uh, in exports, which is uh, ordinarily a, uh, a good thing. So, you know, it's a tale of two cities in a sense. Thank you to Neville Mandimika, the Africa strategist at Rand Merchant Bank.